With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program where we salute the world-renowned attorney, F. Lee Bailey, who passed away a few days ago in Georgia. He made a name for himself defending the Boston Strangler, Patty Hearst, and he was a member of the all-star legal team that repped O.J. Simpson. Today on the program, my guest is Mindy McCubbin. We have had several emails of people asking us to do something on finances, and we are having Mindy on today. She's the owner of Truman Wealth Advisors, and she'll be sharing some of her secrets to building true wealth. That's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Mindy McCubbin, everybody. And I'm going to focus on your self-talk and how your self-talk can lead to self-empowerment. So your self-empowerment depends a lot on your self-talk, and that's coming up in our leadership and business lesson today. Today's program is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. Tony Richards here, and my special guest is my good friend, Mindy McCubbin. She's the owner and founder of Truman Wealth Advisors, a boutique advisory firm located in Columbia, Missouri. She's passionate about inspiring successful people to compound both their money and their knowledge about their money. 
Her firm is dedicated to building and growing true wealth community, which includes small business owners, entrepreneurs, and successful professionals who are motivated to get more out of life and discover their true wealth. Mindy is a co-founder of a local angel investment group, Como Wine, and that wine is an acronym, with the mission of investing in women entrepreneurs. Her prior experience includes significant asset management experience as director of equity and investments at shelter insurance companies and as part of a team managing over six billion of institutional assets she had primary responsibility for investments in public common stock as well as private placements within the venture capital buyout real estate and private credit markets prior to joining shelter her previous work experience included various management positions at the boeing company and mindy received a bs degree in finance from truman state university and an mba from St. Louis U. She also holds the Chartered Financial Consultant Certification. Mindy served for six years on the Truman State University Foundation Board, where she held a leadership role as chair of the Foundation Investment Committee, and she currently serves on the board of the Heart of Missouri United Way. She's married to Travis and has two crazy kids who show her what true wealth means every single day. Mindy, thanks a lot for taking time to do this. I've decided I'm going to have you be a regular. I'm going to have you on at least once a year from now on. I would love to. I would love to. Markets are always changing. Conditions are always changing. People are always wanting to know what to do with their money, how to save for retirement, how to do all those things that you're such an expert on. And also, folks, if you have not seen Mindy's videos on LinkedIn, they're absolutely fabulous. I mean, she provides a lot of great content. We're going to talk about some of that content today. But first... Mindy, you have all this experience where you worked at Boeing and you worked at Shelter, and then you decided, I'm going to do this angel investment group for women. So where did that come from? Oh, that's such a great question. And one thing before we jump into that, I would love to tell you a quote because I get asked based on my background and the fact I'm a financial advisor all the time. Hey, Mindy, what are the markets going to do? Tell me what the markets are going to do. And I love to tell people, JP Morgan had a great quote that when anybody ever asked him what the markets were going to do, he would just say, well, they're going to fluctuate. So if anybody asks you, Tony, what the markets are going to do, that's your new go-to. They're going to fluctuate. Well, I like Buffett's too. Buffett's standard answer is I have no idea. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not Nostradamus. He likes to say that a lot too. One thing that I had experience in when I was in the institutional investing world was just the lack of diversity in especially the venture capital area when it came to minorities and women. And so I had a front row seat to that to really see because I dealt with all kinds of different venture capital managers. I was acutely aware of how many of them were not women. I also dived into some of the statistics when I was an institutional investor that said that less than 2% of the venture capital deals that get funded are founded by women. It just seemed to me, what is going on here? Mm. And how can we be part of the solution as women? One of the things that is really changing right now is that there are a lot more women who have had hugely successful professional careers, who are founding companies, For a long time, there was this cycle that was happening both within Silicon Valley and just across the country of where men had founded companies and they were successful. 
And they would come back to their geography or they would come back to Silicon Valley and they would bring capital to a new group of founders, a new crop of founders. And it just was a little bit of a boys club, right? They understood maybe technology or healthcare issues that were facing men and were funding those ideas. But we're just starting to get to this inflection point where women have much more capital. They have much more agency. They have great ideas about how to solve problems for everyone and and including women. One of my favorite stories, and I can tell a little bit later, but there's a woman that I've encountered that just has this remarkable technology for breast pumps that then the U.S. Air Force is now using that same technology for women Air Force pilots to help them because of how it attaches to your body and for if you have to go to the bathroom, that we have all kinds of solutions for men Air Force pilots if they need to go to the bathroom, but not for women. And so the big passion that I have, how do we start that cycle as women for each other? Mm -hmm. How do we get women that are successful entrepreneurs that understand the investing? The thing that I felt that I could bring to the table that maybe was missing was that I was trained when I was an institutional investor and how did you start up investing? So the terminology, what is a term sheet? What's a liquidation preference? How do you value? What are the factors that go into it? I went through a whole training in New York City Mm -hmm. on how to think about and value companies and what's the best practices. And sometimes women, they're smart investors. They won't invest in something they don't know. They're not just going to throw their money around, throw their capital around. And they especially won't invest if they don't understand the terms or they feel intimidated by the process or by the terms. So we've a group of us within Columbia said, we can do this in Columbia, Missouri. It doesn't just have to be in Chicago. There's many women throughout the country. And in fact, we connected with a group in Kansas City called Women's Capital Connection. There's a group that is in Silicon Valley that is all women that's called Portfolia that does this as well. There's a group called 37 Angels in New York City. So we connected with women across the country and said, how do you start one of these things? And what do you do? And what does that look like? So we actually used the time during the pandemic to organize ourselves, to get the group together, to file all the operating agreements and bylaws and do all the legal paperwork. We're launching to be open to members that are both entrepreneurs and potential investors. We also are taking more of a collaborative or collective approach to where we're trying to say, hey, we're really in this for people to be educated. So when we organized it, we actually organized it as a nonprofit that's focused on education. So how do we educate the entrepreneurs? How do we educate the investors to really understand this market, understand specifically angel investing? So that's the earliest, earliest capital that you get. Yeah. How do we differentiate too between what is a small business and what is a quote startup? A small business is is a great cash flow business. They might get bank financing. They may be able to cash flow themselves, bootstrap. A startup is a completely different animal. Typically is in maybe technology or healthcare, may need a lot of capital up front, but the acceleration and the ability for that company to make money very quickly looks much different than what it does for a small business. And so we wanted to help people understand what are the differences. And then when we have a company that really does look like a startup, that's either in our geography or even one that is founded by a woman that is in Kansas City or St. Louis or anywhere throughout the country. Again, while we're networking with these other women, we're going to have access to deals throughout the country. 
how can we help women investors build their portfolio of these types of investments and do it smartly? Yeah, you bet. What is WINE? What does that acronym stand for? It's just a fun play on words. We really, we're going through a bit of discussion about whether or not it should be WINE or if it's WIN for entrepreneurs. So it's Women's Investment Network for entrepreneurs. This is what the W-I-N-E stands for. We called it wine at first because there was just several of us sitting over a glass of wine, right? Saying we should really be doing this. Why aren't more women doing this? This is a great idea. This is something that we're all really passionate about. And so we came up with wine, but then, you know, started even thinking about this and saying, this really is a win for entrepreneurs. We're working on the website right now, working on the copy. And I think our logo will be more focused on saying it's win for entrepreneurs here in Como. That's awesome. So your company is called Truman Wealth Advisors, Uh and you have a content piece on your website. A simple steps to help you find an advisor that feels right for mm-hmm. you. And I'm sure, because I know you, you're smart. I'm sure you founded this company or decided to have this company based on the answers to these questions, <laughs> right? So well, I was getting asked these kinds of questions yeah, all the time and also was asking them to myself. And so, yes, absolutely. It comes from personal experience. And the reason I wrote this blog actually was, I had a client who said, you should really write about this because we've talked about it several times about the right questions to ask an advisor. And so I would love for you to write it. So I wrote it as a tribute to him. It's, it's really good because people need a place to start, right? People often work better and think better if they have frameworks or a series of questions or whatever. And that's what your blog's about is what are some questions you can ask yourself about what you want in an advisor or whatever. So why don't you just walk us through some of that? The first thing that I suggest that people do is, and I'm sure you tell them this kind of stuff all the time of being the good coach that you are is is that you have to really ask yourself some questions. So before you go out asking a bunch of questions and wasting your time trying to find an advisor, if you don't know what you're looking for, then that's not the right place to start. So I think, and I'm a big proponent of this, is is that first you have to ask yourself some questions and what kind of help are you looking for? And when I do this work, I encounter different types of people. I've done this long enough to know that there's some people out there that are very much do-it-yourselfers or they don't trust anyone, including anyone in the financial services industry. And so even if I was the best advisor in the world, they struggle with letting go of control. And so if you're really honest with yourself, if you want to do this yourself, then that's where you should go. That's what you should start with. The people that I typically help or that really get the most value out of an advisor are people who come in with the thought process of, I want to learn more about this. I want to understand it, but I probably need to delegate some of it because I'm busy. Mm. I have kids. I have a demanding job. I am running a business. And so the best question to ask yourself, first of all, is how much of this am I willing to delegate? And what pieces of it are my pain points? What are the things that are my pain points that I really need to work with somebody on first? 
and then understanding how complex your situation is. So honestly, I have a lot of like late 20, early 30 year olds that come to me that do not have a very complex situation. And in 10 minutes, I can give them five tips or I'll point them to my blog or I'll tell them to contact an hourly planner that may be able to set them on the right path. But really at that age, they're early in their career. Maybe they would actually benefit more from a career coach than they would from a financial advisor. It's really how can they get a career coach to help them negotiate a higher salary, help them understand which direction that they should really go, that they're going to be able to maximize their income. And so again, like how complex your situation is, is it another piece of it? How many of your clients come to you and say, I'm going to give you this much money every year. Just get me the best return you can. Actually, a lot of clients will come in that way. They'll come in through the investment door is what I call it. And I really have kind of three components. I have an investment management business. I have a financial planning business and I have a life planning business is really, I look at it as that's what gets you to true wealth is is if you don't have those three components integrated, you're not going to get a lot of value out of what I do. So what happens is, is a lot of times someone will come in through the investment management door and says, Hey, I have extra money, right? Exactly what you said. Yeah. I want you to invest. If I don't know what to do with it, help me understand what I need to do with it. And so the first thing I say is, well, let's step back. And I'm just like a doctor. I'm going to take an x-ray first. of your situation, because you may be telling me that you have 10,000 extra dollars, but I look at your situation and you're upside down because you're in debt. And so that's the financial planning component. A lot of times they'll come in through that door and say, Hey, I'm looking for investment returns. And I'll say, okay, but as part of this process, we're going to do some x-rays. We're going to take your blood pressure. We're going to understand your cholesterol level. And I use a bunch of key performance indicators, financial key performance indicators to really understand where someone is. And so we do that, which is great. And then I'll start asking questions about why do you want to invest this money? And what is it for? And where are you going with it? And where do you see yourself in three years? Where do you see yourself in five years? Because I'm finding actually more and more that people maybe want to take mini sabbaticals during their career. They want to have two months off and they don't necessarily want to go for some arbitrary age 65 retirement, they may see themselves, they love what they do, or they run a business and they say, I'm going to be running this business, maybe till I'm 70. I love it. I don't want to walk away from it, but maybe I want to change my lifestyle a little bit now to enjoy things now. And so what does that look like? And how do I need to both think about the future and then also make sure that I'm living the life that I really want to live. Because I saw that over and over in the corporate world is is I saw people from Boeing and I saw people from Shelter retire at 65. They stayed in a job maybe they did not love, but they retired at 65 and at 66, they were gone. Right. (laughs) And they kept waiting for their life to begin at 65. And, you know, I'm not telling people don't save for the future, just do it in a way that makes sense for your life and for your goals and for where you want to be and who you want to be and marry those three things. Because if you don't marry those three things, it's just like with your health, you can be a great runner, which I am. I love to run and surf, but if I am terrible, if I suck at nutrition, which sometimes on some days I do, I'm like, oh, what I'm eating all this crap. (laughs) You got to have days off, Mindy. You got to have days off. Just don't take a month off, right? (laughs) Right. I slide down that road too. Have the pie once in every six meals, but don't have pie every day. Well, listen, it's one of the best compliments you ever paid me. And it was back when we first met. 
I was teaching a class. You were in the class. You'd never seen me before, never heard of me before, anything like that. And you shared with me what your first thought was when you came into this class, which was, mm -hmm. oh, my Lord, here comes another consultant with his PowerPoint deck. Mm -hmm. and, Absolutely. And, and it's music to every advisor, every consultant, every coach's mm -hmm. ear to hear, oh, wait a minute, this person's actually different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I kind of feel like that's what you're shooting for, too. You're not just the regular old financial advisor, your approach is different. You're coming at this from three different ways to help people. And true wealth is your theme as far as having a complete life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the heart of my business. Yeah. Yeah. And that's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. And I can't arbitrarily without knowing you say, okay, you should be maximizing this retirement account so that at age 65, you have X amount of dollars. That to me makes zero sense. I can't give somebody advice like that when I don't know if that's where they want to be. If you don't have longevity in your family, if you don't, so you have to really get to know someone. And then also it's a process. A lot of the industry, the financial services industry has been very transactional in the past. And because products are commission-based, it was a very product-focused industry. Oh, I'll sell you annuity. We'll have a relationship for 30 minutes here. I'll sell you an annuity. I'll make a huge commission and you can move on, right? And we just have this transaction. What I've learned is that it's one of the most relationship-based businesses that there is and that financial planning is a process. And that was another one of the things that I felt like you need to ask yourself as a person when you're looking for an advisor is what are your biggest challenges? What are your biggest priorities? Those change over time. What they are today, what my priorities and my financial situation and needs were five years ago, look nothing like what they are today. And so that is a process to kind of look and evaluate year over year, where am I going? And am I heading in in the right direction? And if I'm kind of veering off, like you said, when we said, oh, maybe there's a few times that you veer off with your, go off the wagon, right? Yeah, Having too many pies. Sometimes people do that with their finances too. Something happens in their life. Nobody plans for their mom to break their hip. Nobody plans for their kid to get a chronic illness. Things happen in life that you need to quickly readjust what your financial plan is and what your financial priorities are. And so that's why I'm such a proponent of doing the process of going through the process. Well, one of them that's not good is just you get an impulse, right? <laughs> Which, right, right. <laughs> you know, try to stay away from those impulses. <laughs> Another one that you have out there that I think is excellent. And I love this idea, as you can imagine, want to be good at investing, learn how to invest in yourself first. Oh, yes, of course. This is something that I've actually talked quite a bit, and I talk about it in the blog post that I did with other women about, is that we really tend to have a caregiving mentality as women, and we're constantly putting others first financially, and also from a needs standpoint. But you can't serve others, you can't be a great professional, you can't be a great mom, you can't be a great wife. You can't do those things unless you're good yourself. So this was something that I learned in a mastermind that I was part of that they talked a lot about that as an advisor it myself, so I'll just talk about myself, is that as an advisor, I'm listening to what's happening in people's lives. I'm trying to help them navigate complex, difficult situations. Sometimes I'm having to really understand what's happening under the surface because sometimes 
things get expressed financially that are absolutely other issues that are in someone's life. And if I can't bring my best energy, my best self, my best attitude, if I can't bring all of that to the table, then I'm doing a disservice to my clients. And so I've learned to do that for myself. And I wrote blogs about that, how I'll go on a surfing sabbatical for a week or how I'll try and make sure that I do certain morning rituals to get myself ready for the day. And part of that is investing in yourself and being willing to invest the time and energy. And I make an analogy in that post, which I, again, I can't help myself because I'm in the financial world, but to bonds, right? That's that stable component of your portfolio that pays interest. So you make an upfront investment in a bond where you invest in the principal and it pays you interest over time, right? And then you get the principal all back as well. And it's stable and it's good. And it's a really important part of a diversified portfolio is is to have that bond component that that's what you fall back on when times are tough. When times are really tough, if you don't have bonds in your portfolio, you're going to be really upset and sad that you didn't have that. And so investing in yourself is like bonds. That's what really pays the rent in your life. That's what you've got to have, first of all. And it's that first layer of a really good portfolio is having bonds. The next layer is having stocks. Stocks are more volatile. (laughs) Stocks go up and down. Stocks are unpredictable. And that's where I make the analogy of you also need to invest in relationships and with connection with other people. And so that's more like stocks is is that you, you don't have as much control with that, but also an important thing. And so there's times when I'll have couples that come to me that They are doing everything right from a saving standpoint. They're saving 30% of their income and they're arbitrarily like saying, yeah, we're going to get this target out here when we hit 65 and they're only 45, but their marriage isn't great because they're not making time for each other. And they think that they can't spend money on a vacation to go somewhere with each other to connect and to bond. So a lot of times it's reevaluating how are you allocating your money? And is that aligned with what you really should be thinking about what you really should be investing in? Right? Yeah. It's a little bit more risky to say, Hey, I'm going to invest in a week in Hawaii with my spouse, there may be things that come up as part of that, that we haven't been willing to deal with, but it's going to be much less costly for you to do that and to make that investment than to get divorced five, six, seven years down the road, because you didn't make that investment. And instead you thought, oh, well, it was better that we allocate 30% of our income into retirement savings, which now we have to divvy up 50-50. Checking accounts are, they don't cost you really anymore. So you can have as many of those as you need, right? You can have a vacation vacation account. You can have a medical emergency account. You can have a regular checking account. So you can have different buckets. What you put in each bucket, that's what you're talking about with allocation, right? Absolutely. True with a portfolio. It's true with your life too. It's true with what you have to do for yourself and for your family and for your relationships. What I always tell people is, is that people want time wealth. We talk about wealth. Well, time wealth is a huge thing for the people that I talk to. That's what they're really looking for. And the word for that is freedom. So again, when you do the allocations to the buckets correctly in your financial life, you're able to build that time wealth for yourself better. So I'm a fan of 
talking to people about that. There's different kinds of wealth. There's your health. There's a certain component of wealth to that. There's money. That's another piece of it. That's wealth. Um, but then there's also time, but there's time and relationships yeah. too. And so it's more integrated. Again, I take more of an integrated approach because for me, it all blends together in my own life. And I can't imagine that it's any different for people that are out there. No, I absolutely love it. I love it. And time is that one true statement. If you don't use it, you lose it. Right. Cause right, there, there right. is no such yeah. thing as time saving. You cannot no. save it. It's, it's gone. It's gone. All right. The final one I want to talk to you about is the art of learning how to manage risk and money in life. Yes. Everybody loves to talk about returns, Tony, but I find way fewer people want to talk about risk. And that's what I was thinking about yeah. a little while ago when you were talking about stocks, I was thinking, yeah, you better do a lot of research or you better hire Mindy to do it for you. Cause you, <laughs> you want to know quite a bit about that company before you buy that stock. Right. Well, and everybody, again, always, they want to talk about returns, 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 but risk is a huge component of what I do. And if you think about wealth, which I always draw on an inverted U for people when I first talk to them about wealth and complexity, you kind of start at the top and you say, hey, when you have no money and you have a lot of complexity in your life, right? Things are not easy when you have no money. Then you kind of move down the curve and you say, okay, now I have more money and you keep asking yourself, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? And you hit an inflection point where your wealth is such that you are going to be okay and you know it. But then if your wealth continues to grow, then complexity goes back up again. And so people think, oh, that guy has money or they're going to be okay. Why aren't they happy? Why is their life seem so complicated? Why are they struggling or depressed? And it's because just like when you have no money and your life is complicated, you have a different set of problems. But when you have lots of money, your life is complicated and you have really complicated problems. People think more about the opportunities that those folks have, which is great, but there's also big risks that they face as well. And so I used a story about how I love to run and I went to the trail and I had my key in my pocket and it was key fob for my Toyota Highlander, go running, come back. I had no key fob in my pocket. And my first thought was I am completely an idiot. Because I didn't have a redundancy or a backup system. I had no other key fob. I only have one key fob, oh, right? At the time for my car. And I don't even know how to solve that problem. I'm like, what do I do? Do I call locksmith? I have no idea. Yeah. Luckily, total dumb luck. Sometimes when people drop stuff on the trail, they'll put it at the trailhead. They'll put it on a little pedestal or a box or something. Uh -huh. I go over there. There's my key. Oh, wow. But just like anything, when it comes financially, if you're trying to rely on luck to bail you out of a bad situation, that is not good. And I have seen stuff go sideways. I feel like I've also protected people from things that they didn't think about or didn't realize was a risk. I had one client that substantial amount of net worth, and he was at the state minimums on his car insurance. And so I look at that and immediately realize, boy, no umbrella policy, no, like he was not protected in any way. And his wealth was not protected in any way. If he got in a car accident, if he got, if he hit somebody on accident, he was going to lose it all and just had no idea. 
Because busy executive person who is in financial services, but just doesn't have the time to focus on, do I have the right coverages for myself personally? And my life has changed over the last 10 years and I haven't updated anything. I've seen that happen too with when it comes to unexpected death and beneficiaries. Everybody thinks that they'll get lucky and nothing's going to happen to them. And that they'll update their beneficiaries next year, right? Mm, the, sure. yeah, oh, I know I got to take that care of that. It's on my list, but I'll just update it. And for one client, I caught that he had a substantial IRA and he had his ex-wife as the beneficiary. Oh, still. Wow. And again, boy, that would have been uh, disastrous because the way that the law works is it would have gone to her. There's no, oh, there's on a beneficiary, there's no way around that. And so trying to understand that financial planning, especially, it's not just investing. It's not just about the return component. It's also about understanding the risks. And so when I see people that have 100% stock portfolio and they don't have that bond component, we have this whole conversation about, hey, there's elements to this that you may want to think about because you may not get as lucky as I did on the trail, right? Like They're at uh, low cash balance, no bonds. It's hundred percent stock. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll have to sell. That happened in the pandemic a lot, Tony, actually, if you don't, and I counter this more with people who came to me after the fact where they hadn't planned or they didn't have an emergency fund where they were just living off of debt and kind of rolling along as it went. And yeah, sure. I always have about five to 10 grand in my checking account, but I'll just borrow money if I need it. And the pandemic hit and they have one spouse lose a job. So all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. Well, I can take it out of my taxable account, but oh, that was in hundred percent stocks and stocks were down 40%. So you can't, some of that stuff, it's structural that maybe you don't understand that. And maybe you haven't had time. It's not that person's fault. Again, I have people that come to me all the time and they say, oh, I feel ashamed or upset that I haven't focused on this or this. You're busy. You're running a business. You're doing all these great things. You don't have the time and it's okay to let go of some of that and to have somebody help you. And I'm especially passionate about that with women because I feel like women sometimes feel like, no, I got to do it all. I got to run the household balance sheet and I'm the breadwinner and I'm the mom and I'm all this stuff. And I tell them all the time, no, it's okay. It's okay to have help. I don't know what it is about human behavior that causes us to lean toward the negative, but I've asked a lot about COVID and what the new normal looks like and all of that. But when you look back at events, like if you go back to 9-11, they said that's going to kill the airline industry. No one will fly after 9-11. Well, it got more difficult to fly, but people still flew. After Mm -hmm. 08 and 09, well, I had these real high credit card balances. I'm never going to get in that much debt again when something like 08 or 09. And here we are. We hit COVID and everybody's got all these high credit card balances. Everybody just regresses back to where they were. What you have is really needed Mm because you're not just financially advising. You're also getting over into what I do. You're actually coaching people and, Mm -hmm. and helping them develop a plan. And I just believe that's so valuable. Well, and actually sometimes people aren't necessarily ready for what I do, or they're not at that point. And actually having like a coach that helps them with their business, like you do, that helps them figure out how they're going to get that income part of their equation higher. I can help with what to do with all of that. 
I can help on the back end of how to invest it, how to structure it appropriately. I'm a lot of times recommending people get themselves an executive coach or career coach to make sure that they are investing in themselves. And that's a big component. That's what's so cool about what we both do is that there's some overlap there, but there's some strategies and tools. Like when you did Leadership Columbia and took us through the process to think through where we wanted to be and what sometimes people need a lot more work on that component. And then they're ready to say, okay, now that I know where I want to go, what I want to do, now that I feel like this part of my life is more on track, now I need to figure out financially how to get there. My accountant is always, she just did it again this year. Every year she says, wow, you spend more on self-education than most people make. And I'm like, well, (laughs) if you want to be the best, if you want to be in that elite performance category, you invest in yourself. You're always trying to get better because there's always new stuff and you're always better and new mousetraps to help people with. That's why I love the name of your podcast, by the way. Better than before. It's all better than before. Yeah, it's all about being better than before. The other thing that I don't think people realize is why it's so critical to have a partner, whether that's a coach or a financial advisor, or to look at it as a partnership. If you can get somebody to look at that as a real true partnership, then when things change or when you encounter the inevitable storm, I'm sure you've worked with people, Tony, that something happens, like they were on a great track, but then something happens yeah. and they need someone to help them through the negative thoughts about that, to help them figure out their mindset and how to get their mind right around a change, whether that's my partner betrayed me or my business vendor completely disappointed me or something, or my team just is not communicating. So I can see where you are adding value in the same way. Yeah. So how do people get in touch with you or how do they learn more? Where would they find these pieces we've been talking about today? I have a website out there. It's www.trumanwealthadvisors.com. It is the place that they can go if they want to book just a 30 minute complimentary call with me just to see if they can, first of all, they can go to my blog and pick that, what questions they asked a financial advisor and ask me all of those questions. They can tell me about what their situation is and we can figure out if it's a good fit. Cause I'm a big fan of, Hey, if I'm not the right fit for you, I know other advisors throughout the country. I know other advisors in town that I really am passionate about getting people into the right partnerships into the right fit for what makes sense for them. And so they can go out to my website. They can also follow me on Facebook, which there's links to that on my website. They can get me on LinkedIn, which I'm Melinda McCubbin out there on LinkedIn. They can connect with me there. I do videos. I do a money mindset Mondays where I try and help people kind of change maybe their thought process around their money because we're not really taught that in school. We're not really taught that sometimes by our parents. Maybe we came from an unhealthy money situation. And so you may have a very scarce mindset, like everything, even if you have enough money, you're stuck in that scarcity mindset. And so I work with people on that too, not in the in-depth way that you do, but in enough of a way to where we try and uncover where is it in their life that money might be an expression of something else. And if that's true, then how can we get them the right resources, whether that's getting a coach involved, whether that's me helping them through that with just a series of questions that I use that kind of, I talk about this a lot with my clients. We need to focus not so much on return on investment, 
but sometimes in our meetings, we'll focus on return on life. How do you get the right return on life? So, so yeah, LinkedIn, I'm on all, I also love Instagram. And so I'm out there as Truman Wealth Advisors on Instagram, if anyone wants to follow. So folks, whether or not you recognize any of those things that she talked about, that could be you. The good news is there's help available and Mindy is here and ready to help. Okay. So I got to run you through my 12 questions. Oh, fire away. (laughs) Number one is what's the best memory that comes to mind? Oh, that's a good one. So I am very much a water girl. I love the ocean. I love being on the lake. And so my best memories, especially in the last couple of years, have been out on the water surfing. And it's a very solitary activity, but it's something I love. Number one hero in your life. Oh, my dad has been a great hero to me. And just by example, some of his wisdom and how I structure my own financial life came from him. He was very much a DIYer and gave me lots of great financial advice. And it didn't matter. He had three girls. And so he didn't have any boys to teach how to be good with their money. So he had nothing but us, the girls. And so I think it was a little bit of a different experience where he was very good about telling me the right things to do. Top value you subscribe to? Integrity. Just doing what you say when you say it. And then just leading an integrated life too. Most important person in your life? That's my husband. He is a huge support. It's been interesting for us. We flipped roles. When I quit my corporate job, I was the breadwinner of our family for 20 years where I had very high income, had all the health insurance, was like the stable provider of my family. And then I took a step back because I started from zero to start my company. And he became really the breadwinner, the stable support system. And he supported me all the way. And so I really appreciate him. Your favorite thing in the whole world? Running with my girlfriends. I love doing that. We run in the morning and it's what I would call yappy hour because we talk the whole time and (laughs) have fun and connect. And I've got some really great friends out of that that I absolutely adore and would do anything for. And so that's my favorite thing to do. What's your favorite food? Well, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but my whole family, this is the one thing we all agree on is, is that we could eat the last margaritas, nachos, their queso dip. We could all just go there and eat it all day long and we would never get sick of it. Pick it up and bring it home a lot. Because <laughs> my office used to be right next door. So now that my office isn't there anymore, I got to pick it up and bring it home. Most, most I was beautiful- going to say salad or something, but no, uh, I'm going to be honest about last margaritas. So. Yeah. Most beautiful place you've ever been to. Oh, oh, Maui. My husband and I, we have a, a plan to, again, this is what's so fun about financial planning that in 10 years, we're going to spend a month in Maui every year. And it. we're, and so that's what we're saving and investing for. And that's on our bucket list that when we get to 10 years from now, we're going to spend February's in Maui. And that's just, that'll be our thing. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? I would say success for me is purpose, meaning, finding purpose and meaning in what you do and how you interact with people and with your family. And so for me, if anything is successful in my life, whether that's being a mom or an entrepreneur or a wife or a friend, it's that we found meaning and purpose. How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as a bit of a trailblazer 
as someone who was willing to take the risk to go out on their own and to upend the industry a little bit. I mentioned that there are very few women in venture capital and very few women that are angel investors. And so if I can just be remembered as someone who really supported women in trying to not be above men, but be much more equal when it comes to especially how we invest and how we think about money and how we think about our finances, then I'll be happy. If you could go back and give some advice to a younger Mindy, what would the advice be? Probably just to say, it's all going to be okay. Don't be so afraid. It'll be okay. I think I've been too fearful in my life. And I would tell her, just don't be afraid and go for it. What's your favorite sound? The ocean. I I like that one. That's up there for me too. (laughs) And finally, what's the best lesson out of all the lessons you've learned? What's the best lesson you've learned? For me, I think don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to share your story. Don't be afraid to try things that are new. I think just like I would tell my younger self, you're going to be uncomfortable. It's not always going to be easy. Make it joyful that being uncomfortable and get used to that. And if you're uncomfortable, it means you're growing. I feel I've been more uncomfortable in the last two years than I've ever been in my life, but I've had more growth too. It's a nice ride, isn't it? Nice ride. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. Mindy McCubbin from Truman Wealth Advisors. And if we haven't convinced you that you need Mindy, (laughs) I I don't know what else to say, but I appreciate you coming by and giving me some time. And I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on again. And we will for sure do this at least once a year. Maybe you can ask me about cryptocurrency or something. I will. (laughs) I got a ton of questions to ask about the market, but today I just thought we'll just talk about you. All right. Well, you are welcome to ask those questions anytime. And remember, it will fluctuate. That's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) It will fluctuate. And I have no idea. Those are the two. Right. All right, Mindy. Thanks a bunch. I've got your leadership and business lesson next on Better Than Before. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards. I don't know if you've thought much about your self-talk, that dialogue that is consciously and constantly running through your mind as you go about your day-to-day but your self-talk can drastically affect your self-esteem. It contains within it the interpretation and meaning that you've assigned to facts and situations that are real and also imagined. 
Every living human being has a self-talk stream running at around 50,000 thoughts per day constantly. You know what yours sounds like and what it's saying if you stop and listen. Let's give you a real-life type situation. So you're at work and you're in the building where your offices are located. And as you're walking down the hallway toward the area that you work in every day, then all of a sudden coming down the hall, you meet the boss of the company. Here comes the CEO. And he's looking down at some papers as he's walking and he breezes right past you. He never looks up from his papers. And immediately when you see that, your self-talk kicks in. And it might say something in your head that sounds like, here comes the CEO. I bet he won't even say hello. He doesn't even know or care who I am. Or it could be saying, here comes the CEO. I'm way too low on the totem pole for him to even say hello to someone like me. Or here comes the CEO. He looks busy, so he won't even notice I'm here. But even if he did, he might not say hi to me. Your self-talk has been developed over time by what you've attached to it and through repetitive thinking about it. It's very influential on how you feel and what you believe about yourself. But there is hope. Chin up, everybody. You can learn to unthink thoughts that do not support what you want to have, what you want to be, and what you want to do. And you can actually program your self-talk to be more about who you want to become and who you want to be. Thinking negative thoughts is not a crime. It just makes it harder for you to live the life or have the career you'd really desire to have. That self-talk stream can put roadblocks in your thinking, and you have to navigate around those thoughts. Conversely, positive thoughts give you a boost and make life fun makes life easier, and can even affect your bottom line and profitability. Upgrading a download to more positive thinking does take practice. Let me share some strategies and the benefits that come along with maybe looking at this a little bit different. So here's strategy number one. Start off with one day, then build up to one week, and pay attention to every thought that comes across your mind. If that thought is not positive, it's not energizing and not life affirming, deliberately rethink a new thought. An example is this. If you hear yourself saying that you can't do something or that you don't deserve something, these would be great thoughts to rethink and reposition that, yes, I can do it. And yes, I do deserve it. Strategy number two. Learn to capture life-affirming, super-energizing thoughts. You know, the ones that make you feel great. Say them out loud in a voice filled with enthusiasm. Let the universe hear you loud and clear. One of my favorites is, I can do it. Another one to capture are ones that start with, I deserve. I deserve love. I deserve financial freedom. I deserve radiant health. Strategy number three, create a filter. If the media or someone with whom you are speaking or you're spending time with and you're listening to them makes a depressing or negative statement, just stop it right there outside of yourself. Do not automatically go on default and take it into your own thinking. Emotions and negativity is contagious. It's just like being around someone with COVID. If you're not careful, you're going to have COVID too in not too long a time. Let other people's thoughts be their thoughts. You select your own thinking and select positive. Now, here's some benefits 
to some of these strategies. One is you can move yourself more easily toward your goals with positive self-talk. Filling yourself with radiant, life-affirming, and self-affirming thoughts lessens the resistance and increases the energy between you and manifesting your desires. Another one, you will have more self-confidence and self-esteem, so you'll feel better about your chances to win, and you'll love and care about yourself even more. You believe in yourself no matter what, and you have the thoughts to prove it. Third benefit, your energy and thus your attraction factor will reflect a new inner landscape. Maybe you remember a couple of weeks ago on the podcast when I talked about you have to win the inner game before you can win the outer game. And these are some tactics at winning the inner game. People and opportunities will find you more easily and you will start to see opportunities be more abundant as you change your thinking. Belief in yourself is the foundation of everything if you want to be successful. And it starts with what you tell yourself. Every thought counts. So be mindful as you shift to more positive thoughts to begin to convert your self-talk to be a solid foundation for your empowerment, and you'll be producing bigger and better results in no time. That's our show today. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and Clear Vision DEV. Stop on by Facebook, Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. It's absolutely free to join and connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'm LinkedIn Tony Richards 4. I'd love to be connected to you. Special thanks, as always, to our producer, Tessa Hall. And until we visit again next week on another episode of Better Than Before, I'm Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.